It's time for Sports Wrap on 760 WJR. All right, this is the wrap on 760 WJR. To a car phone we go. Dave, thanks for hanging on. You're on 760. Gentlemen, and Stephen Dan, you got the chemistry. It's cooking. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Are you calling us from your office? I'm doing Sports Center tonight. With, Are you uh, really? Dan Patrick. Well, yes. I'm very impressed. By the way, give Dan our best. He's a good man. And, I will. Uh, hey, hey, Dan. Chuck Swirsky says hi. This is the best sports rap has ever been, in my opinion. Now, here's your host, Chris Renwick. Oh, moving day down at DGC. Day three, the Rocket Mortgage Classic is in the books, uh, year three, and it's a wonderful event. Troy Merritt, Joaquin Neiman are your leaders at 14 under. They just wrapped things up. And what I and look, we're gonna get into to the the Phil Mickelson stuff. We're gonna get into the Bryson DeChambeau stuff. What happened to, w- w- with he and his caddy right before the tournament starts? He and his caddy mysteriously split ways, part ways. They're gonna take a break. We'll talk about it. But I gotta say, after just some nasty storms over the last week, flooding. In, in a lot of the area, mainly in the city of Detroit, the way that that course looks, the way that that course has been playing for three consecutive days is top of the line, uh, just excellent work by, by the Detroit Golf Club, their superintendent, and the whole grounds crew. I think what they've done to that course is nothing short of a miracle. It is in fantastic playing shape. And considering some of the stuff that we had seen over the last couple of days, they're mainly over this last week, you got to, you got to tip your hat to them. It's fantastic. Now, in terms of what we're seeing out of this tournament, we're seeing a lot of the same things that, that Nick and I have been talking about over the, the, the last couple of weeks leading up to this thing. You're going to see a lot of birdies. You're going to see a lot of big hitters putting themselves in a nice spot if they hit the the, the fairways at DGC. But if you find yourself in the rough, you're going to have some trouble. And we saw a lot of that today. That rough is in, in some places four or five inches thick. It's deep. It's thick. And it, it can be a, a headache for a lot of these guys. But I think the way that Troy Merritt has worked this golf course this, the way that Joaquin Neiman has worked this course, and certainly some of the ways that that Cam Davis uh, and and Kevin Kisner, Richie Warinsky, Chris Kirk, they have been playing this course the way that this Ross course is supposed to be played. Find your spot, give yourself an opportunity, and then put yourself in a position on these greens, especially with the way that they're some of them are undulated, some of them are running away from the where the pin is placed. Just putting yourself in a position to make birdies is going to do yourself uh, a, a great service in this tournament. And we're seeing a lot of that, Nick. And and look, I think when, when you start talking about what the final score is going to be uh, in day four tomorrow, I mean, look, uh, Troy Mayer and Joaquin Neiman are at 14 under, and then you've got uh, a couple of guys, including Cam Davis at 13 under and then 12 under. I mean, you, you've got, you've got essentially anywhere between 24 and like, 10 that are really going to be into this mix. I think if you're nine under like uh, somebody like, um, uh, you know, Sun JM is 10 under Mackenzie Hughes is nine under 
and Ricky Fowler nine under, I think they're going to have a tougher time crawling back into this thing. Um, but if you're atop the leaderboard, I think you're going to start seeing scores into the high teens here. Yeah. So you have 14 guys who are at 10 under or above. So it's really any man's race, but forget the course. Detroit looks good. Oh, oh. I mean, they had some shot going into a commercial break over Belle Isle. Yes. And you, you have the fountain in Belle Isle. You have the Detroit River and the bridge in the background and the Renaissance Center. Detroit is showing out this week after uh, quite a tough start to the week and, and weekend we had last weekend. So it's looking great on TV. Uh, I've been down there the past few days. Mm-hmm. The fans are loving it. Um, like you said, we'll get into the Phil stuff, but it's great to have Phil Mickelson in town. It's great to have it's some incredible. of the names in town. No, it, it, you're, you're exactly right. Actually, I, I know the exact shot you were talking about because I was like, what are they showing New York City for? I mean, <laughs> it looked it looked like Central Park looking over the skyline. It was incredible. Paris? Right. What is this? <laughs> um. So, no, I think you're right. I, I, I think that the way that they've the way that they've staged a lot of these holes with the signage and, and where people are sitting. And no, I think you're right. I think it's incredible. Now, in terms of the way that w- Troy Merritt uh, played today, I think he played really nice. He had a rougher back. I, I think he had, uh, I want to make sure I get this right. So he had the hole in one on 11. One big hop, five iron, and just jammed it into the hole. He went to number 12 and bogeyed 12. And then he had a, it was just pars the rest of the way, 13 through 18. His front nine was fantastic. Birdie par, birdie par, birdie par, birdie par, par, par. And he gets to 11, aces it, and then follows it up with that, with that bogey. But he played relatively well today. His, his, his back was a little more, uh, I mean, I, I, I almost said par for the course. Uh, but I didn't, you see how I didn't say that, uh, but it was a lot, it was just, there wasn't a lot of ups and downs for him there. I think going into to day four, Troy Merritt is sitting in a really nice spot. Yeah. And so is Joaquin Neiman. Uh, Neiman, uh, doesn't have a bogey all week. Yeah. So I, I think he's in a pretty good spot. Merritt had a couple dicey holes down the stretch. He had, a, I think it was 17 and 18 where he had to make some some tough shots. I think 17, he went from one side of the green kind of on a chip shot and chipped it all the way out of the other side of the green and had about 60 feet up and down for par, which he did make, but mm-hmm. it was tough to get those pars uh, down the stretch for Troy Merritt. Yeah. If, you, if you're playing, you know, I mean, in this case, Joaquin Neiman, which just with four birdies on the day, he was four under on the day. Uh, and like you said, uh, no bogeys there for him. That's going to do him well. But I think at some point you're going to have to really make a push, especially with the way the Troy Merritt was playing that front again uh, with with four birdies on the front alone. Um, you know, it's just one of those things where you're just going to have to feel it out. And the, and the pin positions are going to be a little tougher uh, tomorrow. But again, just the way that this Ross course is designed. The way that and and it's sometimes it's not quite as as you can't really see it if you're on TV. So you got to be down there. But if you look at a lot of these great these fairways at DGC, they're not flat. I mean, they really are undulated in some areas. Not not like to the extent of Augusta, 
Uh, but certainly there are some hills, there are some valleys, there are some things that you're going to have to contend with. You're going to have a, a the ball below your feet, above your feet. It's going to be in some precarious spots when you're hitting your second approach shot. So I thought the way that they navigated the course was pretty was pretty good. And so I think just in terms of what we're going to see going in to day four, uh, again, Troy Merritt, Walking Neiman seem to have a, a pretty good handle on this thing. I'd like to see Kevin Kisner make a run. I think he's at uh, he's at 11 under right 11 now. Up. Uh, so they're just posting the tee times for tomorrow. So I'd like to see Kisner make a run. Um, Pat Perez too. He, he's got some nice, uh, some locks on him. So yes, it'll be fun. And Chris Kirk played well today too. He's at 11 under, so he'll be in the mix. Uh, no doubt as well. All right. Coming up on the other side, we're going to, we're going to stick with DGC because look into year four or you, excuse me, year three, it seems that there aside from, I think year one went off without a hitch. But year two, year three, we got some drama. Part of the drama, two years, involves Bryson DeChambeau. We'll talk about that. And then this whole thing with Phil Mickelson. I got thoughts on that as well. Chris Renwick, Nick Roddy, Sports Wrap, here on WJR. More next after the break. Now back to more sports rap presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. It was this time last year. Round three, Bryson DeChambeau in the middle of this controversy. Because remember, there was that incident with the cameraman. Do you remember this? In a greenside bunker, hit a terrible shot. He got frustrated, threw his club into the, into the sand, had some choice words for himself. And the whole time, the cameraman, there, you know, shooting the tournament, was focused on Bryson. So after all of this goes down, Bryson catches up with the cameraman and has a, uh, we'll call it a, a steamy conversation with him on his way. Uh, I believe he was on his way to number eight. So mid round. And afterwards it was this whole thing about why he was so frustrated. And he was like, he was watching me all the way getting out of the bunker, up next to the green. So I went up to him and I said, well, what do you need to follow me that long for? And it was, it was, it was his way of saying, look, we as athletes don't need to be under the microscope at all times. You know, we, 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 this could hurt, hurt my brand. This could hurt my sponsorship opportunities. This could hurt me financially. That was Bryson's beef back in 2020. And it was ridiculous then. Now, Bryson, in the middle of, I, I guess, it, I don't know how much of a controversy it is, but there, there's been no answers about this. So Bryson DeChambeau and his caddy, Tim Tucker, have been together for a very long time. And in fact, I believe Tim Tucker's been on DeChambeau's bag for all of his wins. Every single one. Heck, Tim was with them 
in the practice rounds leading up to the Rocket Mortgage Classic this year. But right before round one on Thursday morning, something happened and Bryson and Tim Tucker parted ways. Strange situation. There's been no real answer as to why this happened. They've gone their separate ways. Brett Falkoff, who's DeChambeau's agent, says, doesn't mean forever, but it means they're not working together now. They met last night, decided to move on. It's just an culmination of things. It's never easy when a player and caddy split up. They just decided it's best for now. So it left Bryson DeChambeau in a tough spot. Ben Showman stepped onto the bag. He's Cobra's golf director of tour operations. So he was assisting Bryson. Bryson didn't make the cut. So just a strange thing happening again with Bryson at Rock and Mortgage Classic. Then fast forward to post round one. And Phil Mickelson is asked about a story that Rob Snell, the Detroit News, published about his connections to a a mob boss who was basically his bookie and shorted Phil Mickelson half a mil. And this wasn't five years ago. This wasn't 10 years ago. This was over 20 years ago. Phil goes to his post-round presser and unloads on Rob Snell, the Detroit News, says he's not coming back. This type of atmosphere, he doesn't want to be a part of this type of atmosphere. Rocket Mortgage Classics, great. Everybody around Rocket Mortgage Classics, great. They've got all these great initiatives. 313, Bridging the Divide. All this great stuff's going on. And he thought this was a more inclusive environment. And here's where I, I am disappointed in Phil Mickelson. Here's where I have a problem with Phil Mickelson. I think... If Phil Mickelson doesn't say anything, I think if Phil Mickelson goes out to his press conference and shakes off a question about a Rob Snell report that's 25 years old and nobody cares about, look, I don't care that Rob Snell put the article out. I, 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 to me, I, it, I don't care. It's a, it's Phil Mickelson's in town. Hey, this is this is what happened in the past. Again, I don't know what makes it relevant today, but I don't really have a big issue with it. Phil Mickelson's here to play golf. He made this into this giant, giant spectacle. And I just, I'm I'm disappointed because if he were to actually just focus on the tournament instead of all of this nonsense, tweeting about it excessively, to me, if it, it, we would all would have been better off if he just left it alone. Didn't say anything about it because it's irrelevant. None of it matters. So I'm disappointed in Phil. I'm disappointed because, look, he's coming off a huge major win and going out to Britain next week for the Open. And it just feels, it just feels like we were robbed of something. It feels like it, we have this unnecessary tension now that I don't even think we needed in the first place. And that's my issue. Nick, what do you, do you want to weigh in on this? What do you, what are your feelings? Yeah, there's a couple things. I I think 
everything you said, I agree with, but it seems like the past 24 hours, we're kind of turning this in from a negative into a positive and Phil kind of sort of agreeing to come back under some circumstances next year. My other question is, would this story have been released if Phil didn't come to the Rocket Mortgage Classic this year? No, no. So why? Why? The, the story has nothing to do with the Rocket Mortgage. The story has to do with Phil and his Detroit bookie. So why would this story have not been reported? That's my question. Well, it's a valid question. It has nothing to do with him coming to Detroit this week. The, the, the story has no relevance at all. Correct. Right now. There is no relevance to it. The only it, relevance it, it, is because it's connected to Detroit mobster. Right. And he was, uh, the, the transcripts were released three years ago. So that's the relevance. The relevance doesn't tie Phil Mickelson and this mobster to the Rocket Mortgage Classic. So here's, here, I guess you can look at this two ways. And look, I, I don't want to get into the, the legalese of all of this because I, to me, that, that's not the story here. My, the, the disappointment that I have at, at, at this stage is that we made it into a thing. We made it into a story. I got to be honest. I think 90% of people in our listening area wouldn't have even come across that story if Phil Mickelson didn't say anything, if, 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 he, if he didn't say anything about it in the press conference. I think it's probably higher than that. I think nobody, I don't think anybody would have seen it. Yep. No, look, some people are dialed in. Some people read the paper. That's great. God bless. I'm just saying, I don't think anybody would have seen it. I don't think any of this was necessary. And so, again, I get it. I understand transcripts were just, uh, uh, were just they had the lid popped off of them a couple of years ago. Phil Mickelson coming off a big win, coming to Detroit. It, I see that I see the dots where they are connected. So I, I'm not necessarily all, you know, upset about, about a reporter at the Detroit News. I'm more upset that Phil Mickelson made it a thing. And now he's saying, I'm you go out, sign these signatures, and do something nice for somebody. Like there's a, a way to regulate that. Okay. I, again, for me, this was unnecessary. This took away from the tournament itself. It took away from some of the good things that are are happening. The three one three bridging the divide, the shipping, which we're going to talk about in a second. And it just took it. Just it, it, there was this negative energy all of a sudden over it. And I, I've heard people say, "Look, I don't even Phil doesn't even need to be here. I don't. We don't even need to see Phil. Bring in Justin Thomas." Bring in Colin Morikawa. Bring in all fine, but but Phil is good for the game. Still at fifty-one is good for the game. I don't know how many wins he's got left in him. Was that major a fluke? Possibly. I don't know how many wins he's got left, but he is good for the game. He's got a whole boatload of wins, a whole boatload of of tournament wins under his belt. That's worth something. He's a great ambassador for the game of golf. All of that is important. So yeah. with that being said, I think at this point, I'm just, I was, I was upset that that yeah, was the route. That's fair. Time. And I, but I think he's great for rock and mortgage classic in general. I mean, yes. I, the past few days, the galleries, I think this would have happened even without this story of like Phil versus the media and all this stuff, the galleries behind Phil. I mean, They're the huge. following behind Phil is massive. Yeah. It, it's, it's probably bigger than any golfer 
the Rocket Mortgage Classic could hope for other than Tiger Woods. I mean, I don't think there's one more golfer who would have a, a bigger gallery than Phil because of his PGA Championship win. But still, it's, it's great to have him in Detroit. No, there's no doubt about it. All right, coming up next, awesome, awesome story. A guy named Miles Allen. He caddied for Tim O'Neill, who won the shipping just ahead of the, the, the Rocket Mortgage Classic. The story that Miles Allen has about basically trying to become a professional caddy, telling his wife this is what he wanted to do. He doesn't know if he's going to be able to make it, but this is what he wants to do. He, an incredible story. I'd love for you to stick around and hear Miles Allen's story. Chris Runwick, Nick Roddy, Sports Rap, more next. Now back to more Sports Rap. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. One of the things I love about the Rocket Mortgage Classic and, and you know, the way Jason Langwell, Casey Herbis, and, and, that, and that whole team over at Rocket are approaching this thing is, yeah, it's great to have a, a tournament here in Detroit. It's great to have the, the PGA here. We're using this essentially as a vehicle to help others. We're using this 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 as a vehicle to help people in the community and and to to forward causes that are incredibly worthy. And one of those was the John Shippen Classic. The Shippen was built to bring in both amateur and pro black golfers and give them an exempt playing spot in the Rocket Mortgage Classic into a PGA Tour. It's awesome. This year, Tim O'Neill was the winner of the Shippen Classic. His caddy, a, a guy from around this area, Miles Allen, uh, was on his bag. He has an absolutely fantastic story, and he caught up with our guy Gordon this week to talk about it. We love good stories. We love positive stories. And there are so many of them out here at the uh, Rocket Mortgage Classic. And, and one of them, we told you already about Tim O'Neill, who played his way in, thanks to the shipping invitational, that gives opportunities and exemptions uh, to golfers of color, both male and female. Well, there was a young guy on his bag uh, for the first two rounds of this Rocket Mortgage Classic. And this was an opportunity for him as well. His name is Miles Allen, and he joins us today. Just got done looping in the second round. How's it going? Uh, it's going good. Tell me how this came your way. Uh, it's it's kind of a funny story. You know, I don't believe in coincidence. I think God uh, has control over everything. But uh, for me, it was just like I was caddying uh, and over the winter at a course I work at in Naples, Old Collier, and Charles Besser, the owner of Intersport, I happen to be caddying for him. It was it's crazy because he doesn't play that much golf at the golf course, you know. So I just happen to be caddying for him. He tells me about the John Shipping, and I said, "Oh, I, I would love to do that." Basically, because I I mean I love golf, and then I was always I was already starting to think maybe I should try to get on a PGA tour or like a professional bag, professional gig, and. He he said, well, just call me in June. I called him in June. And he said, yeah, we'll see if we can get you a bag. And ended up caddying for Tim O'Neill. All right. So you've caddied for some pretty good golfers here in the state of Michigan. Yeah. You've caddied for a buddy of mine named Scott Strickland, yes. who is one of the top amateurs here in the state. So Michigan Opens, and I think in Michigan Amateurs. Uh, Michigan Michigan Ams. I've caddied for him in two Michigan Ams. Uh, 
we came pretty close when the Michigan M was at Oakland Hills. Uh, we came, I think we were sixth place or something like that. I think he was leading after yeah. round one, wasn't he? Yeah, at one yeah. point we were leading, but we made it like we made it through stroke play, and then we made it to being like the final six people in the tournament. So, so I know you don't have a lot of experience in a PGA bag, but just inside the ropes, give me an idea of the difference between something like the Michigan Am and caddying for a tour player or a, you know, obviously a, you know, a very accomplished player like Tim O'Neill? Uh, I would say I would say the biggest difference is just knowing, like, how important every shot is. You know, they're playing for a million dollars, you know. So, for me, it's like you can't, I can't be wrong. I'm trying not to be wrong. Obviously, I'm always trying not to be wrong, but <clears throat> I think – the biggest, I think that might be the biggest difference. And then you're out here, and everybody on the PGA Tour is a ball striker. You know, like right. it's not like that on the Michigan in the Michigan Am. You know, you 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 be in a group with somebody who's, you know, he, he might shoot 80, and you know, it, nobody's going <laughs> to shoot 80 out here, bro. And you know, so you're going to be competing in within your group and against the field as well. So well, and also at the other level, you know, you may give a guy a great read. But he's going to knock it offline a few times, exactly, right? Exactly. These guys tend to put the ball right where they right intend to. Right where you to. tell them to, right? Yeah. And so if you misread it, it's you, on you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So tell me about where you came from. How did, were you ex- originally exposed to golf? How did you get into looping? Uh, so my introduction to golf is, is really funny because we had just got done. I, I grew up playing basketball. I played basketball from like maybe 12 until, you know, up. And we had just got done playing basketball, a group of my friends, and we were outside. We were at a outside a buddy of mine's house, and his dad pulls the clubs out of the trunk, throws a ball down in front of me, says, Miles, I bet you $5 you can't hit this ball in three tries. True enough, I whiffed it three, three times in a row. Yeah. I owed him $5, but by the end of the day, I was hitting the ball <laughs> in the air. And, we're, you know, I mean. You said nobody's going to stick me that way again. Right, exactly. <laughs> true enough, true enough, I figured it out. And then it's funny because the next year I, I beat him with, with, like, three clubs. I only had, like, three clubs in my bag, and I ended up beating him. He wasn't very good. I wasn't very good either. But but you had fun. I did have fun. And yeah. I, got the, I got the golf bug. I mean, I got the golf bug. I got bit, man. And then I just I needed a job when I was in college, and somebody was like, you should try caddying. And I had no idea what that was. And it was probably the be- one of the best decisions I ever made in my life because golf is – completely changed like the trajectory of my life and what I see uh, as a possibility you know like working at Oakland Hills you get to you get to meet and rub shoulders with some right. of the most influential people in the state of Michigan and even we, in the country you can just learn a lot by listening to their conversations Absolutely. And, and also how guys conduct themselves and yeah. and you know things like that plus you've got one of the best Evan Scholar programs yep. in the country out at Oakland Hills yeah. that membership does a great job supporting that yeah. and uh so where do you go from here? I mean, this has been a great opportunity. You had a chance to meet some people. What do you think? I I feel like I've managed to uh, make a few good relationships with a few different caddies, and we'll see. We'll see. I'm I don't know. I'll just see if we can try to get another bag or try to caddy for Tim again, or you know, whatever guy has for me is you know it's for me. So right, you know, it'll be. I don't know. I feel like it'll be amazing anyway. You're putting your faith in the right place. Oh, absolutely. And it sounds like it's you're a really well-grounded guy, and absolutely. It, it really starts with that. Uh, do, you, do you play? I do. Yeah? What do you play to? Uh, I'm about an eight handicap. 
Oh, Lordy. All right. I'm well, I'm going to I'm going to just scooch my wall a little <laughs> bit further under my seat here because you'd be taking me. Uh, I look forward to seeing you. I, I understand you might be looping where I play, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be looking for you. And I'd love to have you on my bag and just have a good chat uh, yeah. for 18 holes. Yeah, Miles, I'm thrilled that you had a, a chance to, to to do this, and you know. It's going to be a great story to tell your kids someday. Yeah, uh, hopefully. I mean, hopefully it's just the beginning for me. So. I hope so, too, because uh, it sounds like you got the right attitude. Yeah. And you, that's it. If you network and make some right contacts and, yeah. you know, if there's somebody within the sound of our voices, this is a young man that's willing to make a big commitment and uh, and work hard. Absolutely, so, absolutely. By the way, quick question. How long did you spend on this course checking greens, checking rolls? And scoping things out, making a book for Tim before you. I mean, you didn't have a lot of time. I, I really didn't have much time at all. But I had, I had caddied here, like, you know, I probably been on this golf course a good ten or twelve times before. <laughs> beforehand, I played it once. My uncle uh, was a member here, so I played the golf course. I've been on the golf course. I was familiar with it, but I can't say I was an yeah. expert like I would I would have been if it was at Oakland Hills or anything like that. Right, or if you'd had more time to come yeah. out here and really walk these greens. Yeah, and we didn't even get a practice round. Right, yeah. And which is really, it's too bad for, t- I, I don't know if Tim had a chance to get in on that Tuesday, but it was, you know, yeah. like, between the rain we, and everything else, it was pretty tough. We played nine holes. We played nine holes. I mean, yeah. it just came down to, like, the putts not dropping, it, you know, over the last two days versus they did drop. In in your foursome, really quickly, how were guys missing? Were they missing short because they underread? I feel like they were underreading them. Honestly, I think people were even, like, getting the wrong direction on which way the putt would break. So... It, the, these greens are pretty tricky. It is. It, it is tricky, and they are. Uh, they're elusive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've got my fair share of, of experience here too, yeah. and and uh, it can uh, it can humble you and uh, and make you respect the game. That's oh yeah, for sure. oh, and yeah. the course. Donald Ross knew knew what he was doing. Oh yeah, he, he did. He lives forever. Uh, Miles, thanks so much. We hope that there's nothing but great opportunities for you ahead. Thank you. It's a fantastic story, and believe me, as a as a terrible golfer. Uh, I don't think I would even deserve Miles Allen. He sounds like a fantastic golf mind, and I got nothing. I would have. No- he would be. He may even just. He may even just quit caddying after he would caddy for somebody. He's like, I can't handle that. Yeah, no, we uh, don't deserve caddies. No, we don't. No, no, we don't. I, I don't. You maybe, not, me, not so much. All right, more to come here on Sports Wrap coming up next. And if you, if you get more time, look into John Shippen. Look into what he meant for golf and what this event is going to be in the future for the Rocket Mortgage Classic. It's a great story. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk college athletics, student-athletes now going to make money on their likeness. We'll talk about some of the players in our state that are already getting into the mix and where they're dipping their toes into. All that more next here on SportsRap. Now back to more Sports Wrap, presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. You know, I mentioned a couple times all the great work that the Rocket Mortgage Classic is doing for those in our community, those in Detroit, uh, and helping charities all around that are going to impact the, the lives of so many. One of the ways they're doing that is with the Area 313 Challenge, and that is, it's it's a part of the golf course, the 14th, 15th, and 16th holes. So 
313, of course, being the area code of this of, of Detroit. If you make up an, an eagle on 14, that's a 555 yard par five. If you ace the 15th hole and you score a birdie on the par four, 446, 16th, each one of those scores will be designated a certain amount of money that'll be donated to charity. Uh, if you score an eagle on the 14th, it's a $15,000 donation. Uh, excuse me. Wait, hold on. I want to make sure I get this right. Well, I got to get the totals here. But if an ace at the 15th hole will net you $25,000 in a charitable donation, it's fantastic. So after the three rounds so far, $285,000 have been raised just from those three holes. Uh, and that's going to a number of uh, different places, but that's, that's a, that's a, that is a charitable event happening within a PGA tournament. It's fantastic. Yeah. So it's $5,000 for each, uh, um, three, which on on 14. So each Eagle on 14, it's $5,000, $25,000 for each ACE and another $5,000 for each 30 on the par four 16th. Five twenty five five. It's, it's fantastic. I mean, there, there just, there isn't anything happening like that on tour. It's, it, it's, it's built in charity to a PGA event. It's fantastic. Also, I told you about the, the John Shippen and the John Shippen classic. Uh, Nick, thank you for reminding me tomorrow uh, at two o'clock. So just before, I think they go to coverage at three on CBS, right? Uh, yeah. So three o'clock will be the coverage for the tournament, but at two o'clock, make sure you tune in. Because there's going to be a one-hour special about the John Shippen Invitational, and it's it's all about John Shippen and what he has, how he changed golf, quite frankly, uh, and what how Rocket Mortgage and the PGA is is honoring him with the the John Shippen. It's going to be fantastic. I I very much encourage you to watch it. Uh, also, uh, leaders are teeing off at two o five tomorrow. Is that right, Nick? That's correct. All right. So that top group of uh, Neiman and Merritt will go off at uh, just after two o'clock. Uh, so that'll be cool. Uh, all right. So here's the other big news, uh, the other big sporting news. There have been, of course, calls for years about getting student athletes paid somehow whether that's like a cash payment in the, in the form of a check from the school or, or just being able to, to make money off of you, off of your likeness, off of where your brand is. And so now that's the case. Student athletes will now be able to make money off their likeness. They'll be able to endorse products. They'll be able to, to get involved in certain things that will get them paid. And that's happening now. It's happening. And for example, you've got players all across the country. And this isn't, by the way, specific to football or basketball. These are players who are marketable somehow. And a lot of that is is not even just your performance on the field. But you've got athletes like, for example, Mackenzie Milton and 
uh, Derek King, uh, the Florida State quarterback and the Miami quarterback. Uh, they're partnering with a platform called Dreamfield that will help link college athletes with opportunities for public appearances. They've also signed a deal with a moving company. You've got the Cavender sisters, Fresno State women's basketball players, Haley and Hannah Cavender, uh, twins that play for the women's basketball team at Fresno State. They've got over uh, millions of followers on TikTok. So now they're going to score a deal with Boost Mobile, and they've got a, a deal with, uh, you know, like a, a protein company, like protein shakes after you work out. Olivia Dune, who's an LSU gymnast, has more than a million followers on Instagram. And she's teasing that she's got something coming. How about this? Trey Knox, who is a receiver at Arkansas, because of his, uh, you know, public uh, posting of his dog, Blue, he's partnering with PetSmart. So PetSmart sent out a tweet with Trey Knox and his Husky. You've got guys like Bo Nix going into his third year as the starting quarterback at Auburn. He's got a, a picture of, uh, of him holding Milo's iced tea. And those are just some of the guys across the country, some of the, the, the athletes across the country that are cashing out on the NIL stuff. You got a bunch of Michigan players, Michigan football players that are getting into the mix. There's a, 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 I'm not a big gamer, Nick. I don't know if you are. I'm not. Uh, I, uh, I've never heard, I've never heard of this company yoke gaming, but apparently they're like a, a company that facilitates online gaming with people. So they've got NFL players like chase, uh, chase Claypool is a former, uh, uh, Notre Dame uh, receiver, Jerry Judy, Justin Fields, heck, former Piston Andre Drummond in the mix there. But you got guys at Michigan like Blake Corum hey, Sean. at running back, Mike Sandra still, Donovan Jeter, Darren Green warning, uh, Junior Cole. I'm in tomorrow a, a night. I think you'll be done with these. Like, I'm doing spin on golf with you guys with yoke gaming. To be to be a part of look if you want to play Jason's standing here right now it'll be know, him tomorrow noon to Call seven. of Duty with Mike Sanders still now you can so who, who's who up, Sean? Are, they, are they going to be at, uh, at the end of every hour tomorrow in the past I don't know 20, 30 years if this was available you know, it's a good question I was thinking about that a little bit and I I think I the 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 one name that came to sounds mind good yep immediately from a Michigan perspective um was was shoelace right yeah for sure i mean he was on the cover of i, mean, I think tim t sean i'm there. gonna play a, a minute oh, spot oh, yes. and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah no doubt no doubt but i i you know i'd love to get maybe yeah, we'll i'll give to you reach out to like devin gardner or something to see what he has to say about this because i'd be interested to hear what they have to say some of these former guys who aren't that far removed uh now you got some guys uh, you know that are going to be able to to make some coin here so we'll see how this works out but that's in the mix now, and that's something that we're going to see going forward in college football. All right, that's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, we'll be back with you tomorrow. We'll be live from DGC. Fourth round of the Rocket Mortgage Classic. 
Uh, we'll be bringing it all to you live tomorrow here at 6 o'clock. Uh, Chris Rundwick, Nick, Lott- Nick Roddy saying so long. Have yourself a wonderful Saturday evening.